Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. That's where we are with this Cleveland Brown story. Because it started with Jadavian Clowney's comments to Mary Kay Cabot that were published yesterday. And then... Kevin Stefanski did his best to keep it in house today. Didn't work. Then Miles Garrett. And again, the comments were basically that Jadavian doesn't feel like he's believed in, that Jadavian doesn't feel like he's being utilized, and he feels like Miles Garrett has been given the better matchups at, key, at crucial times, in, in Jadavian's words, to get Miles into the Hall of Fame. So Miles talked about that today. <laughs> And Miles had a lot to say as well, but our next guest, I'm sure, has a lot to say. He's going to be with us for the next hour at least. You know him. You love him. Browns Beat Reporter, brought to you courtesy of Scheiben Jewelers, Cleveland's premier jewelry store. Daryl Ryder, what's up, buddy? Something going on today that I didn't hear about? Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure everybody's Jesus. heard about it now. Uh, you know what? When I uh, read Mary Kay's piece last night, I I knew today it was going to be a, uh, an interesting day. You know, I was talking about this with Roth beforehand, and I was like, that's ah, the only way this could end. <laughs> and he's like, no, <laughs> oh, no they no, could no, have no, won. No. And I was like, no, no, no. Specific to the second that they got eliminated from – actually, you know what? It's the Bengals' loss. The Bengals' loss to me was the beginning of the end because you you beat yourself. The Bengals didn't just beat you. You helped them. You gave them the club and said, go ahead. Uh, tee up there, buddy. And – since that, it's just felt like this thing was destined to to end ugly on some level. And that, you know, it's so funny. I don't know how if you felt the same way. I feel like a lot of people, and, you know, we've had some guests, and they focused, Daryl, on Jadavian Clowney's side of things. And I totally get it. I think it was unprofessional. I think it was unfair. I think it's a bad look for him, and I think it probably is the thing that's going to hamper him continuing his career elsewhere. All of that being said, to paint this as a Jadavian Clowney issue, in my opinion, would be disingenuous. I'm not letting Clowney off the hook because what he did was just plain selfish, Mm -hmm. okay? And And in fairness, he's got kind of a history and a reputation. Well, right, and uh, to his credit... He continues to do everything he can to earn said reputation. (laughs) And so the issue that I have, more so than just his inflammatory comments to Mary Kay, is the fact that now we learn he basically quit in the Ravens game in Baltimore, which, oh, by the way, they lost by a field goal. Mm -hmm. And had they won that game, could have potentially changed the trajectory of the season. Mm Mm-hmm. But instead, he wanted to be a pouty crybaby because he got asked to do his job on the other side of the field. Now, I got news for Jadavian Clowney, and I say this with all due respect because, well, he's bounced around a little bit, and he he knows how it works. It's called coaching malpractice if you're not trying to get your best player the best matchup, Mm -hmm. number one. Number two, I don't know how you can say that Miles Garrett has all these favorable matchups when Miles Garrett's one of, if not the most double-team player and held player in the National Football League. Fair. 
Okay, so there's a little jealousy in there too. Now, oh, there's a lot of jealousy. A little jealousy. Well, I is said I, I said little with tongue in cheek there. All right, so you're dealing with big personalities, big egos, right? I mean, and and look to play that to play football at the professional level, that that's part and parcel to the gig. Mm-hmm. Just like with what we do, we all have our own egos and idiosyncrasies what? and personalities and and no. that. But here's the thing. The Browns signed up for it, not one, but for two years. And mm-hmm. I get it, right? Low risk, high reward move last year worked pretty well. Didn't win as many games as you wanted to, but worked pretty well. You got 25 sacks out of those two guys. Miles Garrett ended up setting the single season franchise record with 16 in the season. Jadavian Clowney really uh, was able to get through a season finally healthy. Played really, really well. Nine sacks for him. Come back this year. Bring him back. See if you can run him back and and replicate it. What I get it. I I'm not criticizing the move, mm-hmm. but you the Browns knew what you were getting. You knew what you signed up for. You knew the reputation, and so to I think part of the point you're trying to get to here is like you got to manage the personalities, mm-hmm. and quite frankly. I think Kevin Stefanski sucks at managing personalities. Yeah, and and here's the thing, because I think, listen, we can talk about Jadavian's uh, history, and I mean, Albert Breer has been one, on with us, I mean, uh, since before I even came back, and for two years, he's been talking about Jadavian's reputation right. in the game. Here's the problem. It isn't just Jadavian, right? It was Baker Mayfield last year. Yep. It was OBJ last year. And by the way, those are the ones we knew about last year. And so those things, Kevin Stefanski's king of keeping it And then when the season was over, we learned the defense all hated Baker. Yes. We found that out. Yes. Well, (laughs) and listen, let's be honest. I I really love this player. It's also Miles. And this year, they didn't have Baker to kick around anymore. Because because the the Browns made the move, right? They said, all right, uh, they went into the offseason with, you know, hey, if we can do better than you, we're going to. We're going to trade up mm-hmm. at the position. You're basically plan B. You're the fallback if we if we can't. Now, if I'm sitting in Baker's seat, yeah, I'm probably my ego's a little bruised with that. But mm-hmm. that just is the reality of the situation. And I I it it your job as a head coach is to manage personalities. And to deal with these things. Mm -hmm. And when it comes out that this problem was festering in October, all right, and and I saw, uh, and I I remember Zach Jackson tweeted after the game, hey, there's some commotion going on within the the locker room right now. Not sure who's yelling and screaming at who, but somebody is very unhappy. Well, guess what? I think we just found out who was doing the yelling and the screaming and why they were yelling and screaming. Well, and also, your reputation... No, no, no. no, What you espouse is we keep it in-house. Right. And for two straight years, they haven't. No, and and, and this is what aggravates me about Stefanski and his press conferences, is that the reason we are... No matter how much you desire to say we're going to keep it in-house... We're sitting here throwing all these questions at you because it hasn't been kept in house and answer. Yeah. Why why? Why is this stuff keep coming out? 
Do you not have the respect of the players in your locker room? Mm -hmm. Do they not respect the rules that you have set forth in front of them? Is your discipline not effective enough? Because for every action, there's a reaction. That is a law of nature. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, I just, I don't understand why Stefanski struggles as much as he does when it comes to handling these things. And I'm sorry. We're, you, you know what I'm about. We're going to keep it in-house. Mm-hmm. It doesn't fly with me as somebody who's asking those questions because the whole reason I'm asking you these questions is because it hasn't been kept in-house. Well, and I think the biggest, I think maybe the frustration point here is I understand, all right, I'm guy who says nothing guy. That's what I represent. That's fine. You can do that when you've got six rings like Bill Belichick. Mm-hmm. But when the you-know-what gets real, you're not winning, and guys are either throwing each other under the bus for two years, because that's another big problem, mm-hmm. or guys are coming out and saying things to reporters and saying, go ahead and run with this. At some point, you do have to say something. And say something, I mean, he wouldn't even commit today to, uh, is Jadavian going to play this? Is he going to travel? You know what he should have said today? Here's what he should have said today. It's the you easiest get- victory lap. Easiest victory lap for him. This is what, how he should have handled it today. I'm aware of what Jadavian Clowney said. What he said was completely unprofessional. It is a violation of team rules. You guys know what I am about. Keeping things in-house. He has violated our trust. He does not play on Sunday for the Cleveland Browns, and he may not play for the Cleveland Browns ever again. Yep. End of story. Yep. And then you know what? The folks in the locker room go, did you see what Kevin just said? Uh-oh. Yeah. And now all of a sudden, guess what you've done? You've buttoned it up. Mm-hmm. And and I don't think you would have had. Not hard. 17 different follow-ups if that's. Yeah, because you know what we're doing? Our job is to extract the tooth until we get what we're really. The tooth? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I use that analogy because that's what it's like asking that guy yeah. questions well, every day. It's like yanking teeth out of his mouth to get him to give us uh Something. Well, and again, I think the this uh, the idea of keeping in house that okay, but is it working? No. And it's just like my I I, I get I, I'm right there. Would people get pissed about fourth and five uh, quarterback draws in the red zone? Totally get it. <laughs> when people get pissed about, and I was, I screamed about it on air. The the fourth and one substitution for Jacoby Brissett was cold as hell coming off the bench on a pass that Deshaun Watson even with Russ could have aced, and he would have had a touchdown there. I totally understand that. We had we've had people on this station, on this show, say, uh, we don't know Kevin Stefanski's using Deshaun Watson right. I have no idea how that's possible. You had you gave the man $230 million. So, like, I look at it. Do and you not the, know what team he coaches and what organization he <laughs> well, works for? But my point is, all it's those easily things, explainable for me. All those things to me are we can talk about them. Right. Right. But I'll also say. There's also been plenty of things in that vein that Kev has, Kev has impressed me with. My biggest question, and, you know, wins and losses are one thing. They're not good enough the last two years. Whether whether 8-9 and nine is some sort of triumphant, we're not 1-15, I don't know. Well, considering the potential dumpster fire that has been maybe kept in-house that we, <laughs> we honestly don't know about... I'm actually going to give Kevin a little credit. Maybe them winning 15 games the last two years is the miracle of miracles. Well, but I do think, like, at some point, my biggest question is, are you a leader? And that's the thing you don't come back from. 
if you are uh, if if you're not great at X's and O's, Dabo Sweeney saved his career by hiring Brent Venables and Chad Morris. All right, in college, right? All right, so you're not an X's and O guy. Now you hire those guys. You outsource that. You can outsource everything. That's the beauty of being the head coach. Except discipline. Yeah, that's true. And it's and it sucks because one, I damn sure don't want to go through another coaching search. Two, I damn sure don't trust Jimmy Haslam to run it. And three, I I do root for good people. Like, I didn't think Matt Rule was worth his sold as a head coach. I rooted for him. I wanted it for him. Nice guy. Not in the NFL. Right? Kevin Stefanski. I want it for Kevin Stefanski. But he seems to want other things more than he wants to succeed as a head coach. He wants Joe Woods to have a job more than he wants to be win and be a great head coach. He wants to keep things in-house when he damn sure knows he's not keeping a tight, heavy lid on that stuff more than he wants to be a good head coach. And that's what's frustrating. He's not that far off from being who he needs to be, but he at this point seems, culture-wise, he seems to be holding himself up. And that's frustrating because the Steelers win in spite of talent, and you win or you lose in spite of talent. It's a pretty good way I put that right. No, no argument from me. <laughs> I, you're not going to get any argument from me. Um, I, there, look, there, there's a reason I say some of the things that I say. And I have, for the last month, been saying if I were the Haslams, I would get Sean, uh, Sean Payton's people on the phone and make them tell me no. Mm-hmm. I, until last night, and the story popped about Jim Harbaugh, he was also on my list. I now have to cross him off. No, no, you don't. That was the wishy-washiest I'm staying in Michigan ever. Uh, no, 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 about the uh, the investigation for potential infractions with the football program. Oh, that just means... He's just doing his job. Yeah, that's just... See, college football, if you're not cheating, you're not trying. Uh, right, that just... <laughs> now, give me Jim Harbaugh yeah. over this nonsense. Uh, um, and so... I just I like Kevin Stefanski as a person. I I do like him as a coach, but I question his ability to be a head coach, similar to what you were getting at. Do you want to be an offensive coordinator and the X's and O's guy and outsmarting everybody and and that, or or do you want to be a leader of men? Um, and he's not shown me he's much of a leader of men. Mm-hmm. He's shown me that he's creative, he's intelligent, he can draw up some fun stuff on a whiteboard, but he has yet to show me. He's a leader of men because that locker room is not a locker room that looks like they follow him. Well, and I think, you know, everybody's so worried about Deshaun Watson's performance. I totally get it. And we're worried about uh, the trade for Deshaun Watson costing you a year of the primes of Nick Chubb and Miles Garrett. I'm much more worried about leadership and wasting another year on a head coach who might have already told us who he is. The fact that he made this as public as he did why the the question so um, I I guess just you know what is you know going on is this a a pattern that you're concerned about yeah I I understand the question Daryl I would tell you every team all 32 we all deal with things throughout the season um, and sometimes they stay in house and, and you deal with them sometimes they don't and but that's that's very similar to family and that's what we do uh, we operate as a family and, and sometimes you make tough decisions but that's what we're trying to do Kevin Stefanski going all Vin Diesel in fast and furious earlier today and uh, <laughs> you know we had somebody I think it was Zach on Twitter saying that you know how come Daryl Ryder doesn't sound like such a tough guy at the press conferences like he does on the radio I thought you did a great job. I actually texted you. There is textual evidence. This isn't phony baloney radio ass kissing. Um, I thought you did a great follow-up question with Kevin there 
And I think once again in that I thought I thought a lot of today was fumbling the bag if you're Kevin Stefanski. I understand why he does the way that he does, but to use a football cliche, it was a missed opportunity. When players change the circumstance for you, you can either keep going back to your same way of doing it or you can use that as an opportunity to refocus. Refocus isn't me saying, oh, oh, I'm really just focused on Pittsburgh. That's not refocusing. That is just you saying something that doesn't seem to match up with what's going on in the locker room. Refocusing is, uh, you know, you said it perfectly. It is as simple as what Jadavian said was unprofessional. It does not represent what we think has happened here, and he will not be back with the team the rest of this year. Boom. That is direct to the point. And is it different than how he's handled every other press conference? Yes. After two disappointing years, different might not be bad. Well, to use his family analogy, I will hearken back to my childhood. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. He's the dad, right? We're talking family. Stefanski's daddy. Uh-huh. Sometimes daddy's got to get the belt. Doesn't mean daddy's got to use the belt, but the kids know the belt's there. And Kevin and uh, David Griffin, uh, former GM of the Cavaliers, used to use this phrase a lot, appropriate fear. Mm -hmm. And I don't think there's an ounce of appropriate fear in that locker room when it comes to Kevin Stefanski and this coaching staff. So it's so funny because every time something's popped up, there's been a segment of Browns fans who have said, you guys are making something out of nothing, right? Uh, Miles, in his latest... I know, it's my fault. I apologize. It's all you, and it's Mary Kay, and it's the Cleveland Media Cabal. I'm not supposed to say that. Annie gets mad when I say Cabal. <laughs> However... Um, Which, by the way, I am not a member of. You're not I, yet. I am, I am not in the Cool Kids Club. Yet. You're you're a member of the Mac version of the Media Cabal. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yet, like, even when, when Miles... When Miles got benched and then had an opportunity to come out, and Miles didn't say anything. He didn't accept responsibility, and we lost our mind, right? Or um, any of the other times with the way they've played, any of the other times this year, it's been easy to tell there's a connection issue, and that's problematic. Like, that's something that is avoidable. That is something that is that is maybe not quantifiable, but easily handled. Mm-hmm. And going all the way back to the finger pointing and and almost blowing the Panthers game and then blowing the Jets game. Everything that has happened to this point has been avoidable. This didn't have to happen. This Jadavian Clowney coming out in the media did not have to happen if it had been headed off or dealt with properly. In even October. A, in October. Daryl, he had from October till now to deal with it. And it, it's so easy to say, well, Jadavian is who he is. Well, was Baker who he was? Was OBJ who he was? Because now we've got, and and by the way, is Miles who he is? Is John Johnson who he is? Because this locker room has been telling you both who they are and how this organization is and or how this roster is, and nobody's listened. It's been put our head down. We got to grind, watch the tape. I got to coach better. They got to play better. We got to coach better. Uh, Paul DePodesta has to excel spreadsheet better. Like, it's always been something other than let's deal with the elephant in the room, and that's what's so frustrating because the the reality is we're talking about one game difference. One game goes differently, 
and this team is in the playoff hunt. And so if culture issues have dogged you all year and you're the head coach, I don't care that you've only had five games of Deshaun Watson. I don't care that you've got a glaring hole at defensive tackle. The glaring hole seems to be in leadership. San Francisco 49ers have not lost a game with a rookie quarterback who is the last player selected in the draft. Okay, The Pittsburgh Steelers went into this season in rebuild mode, and they are a win and a few prayers away from going to the playoffs. Like, it just it's about finding a way. Mm-hmm. And it just amazes me. I say this all the time. I hate to be the broken record, but it's true. The Browns find excuses, and everybody else just finds a way to get it done. Mm-hmm. Like it's that, majoring in the minor, right? Yeah, Isn't well, that the expression? Yeah, yeah I, I mean, it, there, there's that too. But, like, th- that's just how I feel, you know? And no, Browns, you, you don't get the benefit of the doubt. Because you tend to never handle your business the right way. Mm-hmm. And so when stuff blows up, you're not getting the benefit of the doubt because, well, stuff always blows up with you guys. Well, and and I you think. never and you never deal with it properly. You never are able to nip it in the bud. And well, frankly, y'all signed up for it. So you should have known. Like, if you can't manage what you sign up for, then you shouldn't be managing. Yeah, and it and it does feel like, you know. It feels like we've arrived to this point where if you had asked me five weeks ago, there was nothing I would have said that could have cost Stefanski anything. And now I really wonder. Like now now I think things like moving on from him make a little bit more sense because you can't suddenly – like I love like game management. It's a head coach's job. Mm-hmm. We now have game management coaches in the NFL. That means you don't have a good coach, right? When the second that Jerry Rossberg had to be hired by the Denver Broncos to help Nathaniel <laughs> Hackett manage a game, Nathaniel Hackett should have been fired. So the two things you can't really manage are, are you good in game, which people have questions about. I have less questions than other people. I think some of this is just you haven't won or, or the, the result hasn't been what you wanted to. Right. Can't You can't hire a... Uh, hey, this is the uh, the hard-ass assistant coach. All right, it, it's PC bro from South Park. All right, bros, got to play harder, bros. Like, that's essentially what you what Kevin Stefanski needs. He needs someone to give this team a swift kick in the backside. That's what needed to happen earlier this year. It never happened, and this is the result. And th- his mission this offseason needs to, needs to be that because he's not going anywhere. He's not going to get fired. Um, and I don't, and, and quite frankly, I don't know that there's any better options out there that the Browns would be willing to hire or that would fit into the way the Cleveland Browns run their organization. Sean Payton's out there. Sean Payton ain't coming here because he doesn't fit with how the Browns run the organization. They got to have 50 people in the kitchen there working out there in Berea. That's how they run that organization. I agree. And, there and, is and, one guy. And it, it is Harbaugh. And and Sean Payton ain't going to sign up for that. Harbaugh and neither would. is Harbaugh. I don't know about that. You think Harbaugh would sign up for that? I mean, Harbaugh's talking with Dave Tepper. Well, that's true. So, and guys, I, you have to trust me on this one. Dave Tepper is much more troublesome as an owner working for him than Jimmy Haslam is. You might think that's hyperbole. Let's just say I know some things. Okay. All okay. Right. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna have to do the. You I have mean, to trust I know some me. things the, too. But okay. The honor oh. system on this one. Oh, okay. Okay. 
Um, no, I think Harbaugh would. I think Harbaugh wants to leave Michigan, and I think Harbaugh wants to get back in the NFL. He's, he's begging somebody to hire him. He and Sean Payton. It's so wild. Like, I, think, I think Payton might end up in Miami. Yeah, I, I just I, I feel like that this team needs somebody either at the head because like I don't want this to come off like I'm advocating for Kevin Stefanski to be fired because I'm here because I'm not. But there is a reality to this situation that I I, I kind of do feel like a year from now we're I'm, I'll be either sitting in this chair with a headset on at home talking to you and we're going to be having the conversation about a coaching change. Yeah, I I just I feel like it's inevitable because I have no expectation if he returns with this staff intact that the results next season are going to be any better. Well, and even if they are, regular season uh, results aren't going to get it done next year. Well, like, they, sh- they shouldn't like have got the, I mean, but like I think because because the the time crunch is now. Miles and Nick Chubb and most a bulk of your roster is getting older. Or a lot of your core guys are getting older. Right. I don't think the expectations are just make the playoffs next year. I don't think that's enough. A playoff win is where the, the the line starts next year because this year was supposed to be the year you make the playoffs and then anything that happens above that is gravy. Right. So, yeah, the expectations aren't getting smaller here. They're not going away. And I agree with you. I think it's tough because you root for good people to succeed. You really do. But at some point, like what is three years? If there are if there are still things that you look at and say, well, he doesn't do this, well, those uh, leadership or in game management, those aren't things you're going to get better at. You're just not, uh, specific to leadership. You don't get better at that. You either are a leader or you aren't. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.